Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, good morning, church family. My name is CJ Clausen. I'm the youth director here. And happy summer to all of you families out there. You guys made it through the school year. This might have been your family's best school year. It may have been your worst, but you made it, all right? And so welcome to the beautiful time of summer where you're somehow actually more busy than you were when you actually had school going on. Am I right? And I know for any of you that have teenagers, like, I'm the one to blame for that. Like Pastor Brian said, we're literally kicking off summer for youth this Wednesday with an all-night lock-in at main event. And I, for some reason, planned it like 48 hours before we then leave for five days of camp. And so normally I'd be concerned about how little sleep I'm about to have going into youth camp. But actually, now that I'm the father of a seven-week-old baby, I think I might get more sleep due to this lock-in because I'm going to have an excuse to sleep on Thursday for more than like three hours. So some of you remember those days. We're in them. They're great. But happy summer to you, whether your next months are about to be crazy busy or full of rest or you're an adult who has no kids and you're like, the only thing in my life that changes is the weather gets warmer because I just have a real job. But I hope this summer you find some rest, you find some joy, you find some peace throughout these next months. And this morning, as I kind of get to, to speak and share God's word with you, I was processing and praying through like where, where does God want me to go? What are, where are the verses that he wanted me to get into this morning? And I was really feeling led to kind of a really unique group of verses. Some verses that I guarantee nobody has been recently doing a Bible study on. Some verses that nobody has tattooed anywhere or memorized in any type of way. Actually, some verses that even I'm super guilty of just completely skipping over at times because kind of like, who cares about them? And that's actually why I want to take a moment and look at them today. And so we're going to get into... Some fun verses today. Um, as we get into it, if you want all the notes on your phone, if you want to follow along, you can go to LexCity.info. Anything you need, LexCity related, always there on LexCity.info. But today, I want to take us to the very end of the book of Colossians. Colossians, it's this letter written by the Apostle Paul to a small church in the town of Colossae. And what's cool about Colossae is that it most likely was not a church that was planted by Paul during his missionaries. Some quick uh, geography for you, just because it's helpful as we get into it, okay? Paul, he went and shared the gospel into the large town of Antioch, all right, about 125 miles north of where Colossae is. And he also brought the gospel to Ephesus, about 100 miles west of where Colossae is. But it seems like the gospel organically seemed to spread on its own to this small town of Colossae. In fact, Colossae was just this ancient small town on a highway that you would just pass through as you went through other major cities. Nothing's really even known about this ancient town during its time, except for the fact that it pretty much got destroyed by an earthquake around the years AD 60 or 61. The two neighboring cities of Laodicea and Heropolis both get rebuilt after this earthquake. Uh, 30 years later, when we get the book of Revelation, Laodicea is even described as like a rich town. But with Colossae, it seems to have never recovered from this earthquake. It was an insignificant town in history and even in its own time. And yet we have this letter written from the Apostle Paul to this church community in the town of, Laos, or of Colossae. And so we have uh, Paul, he meets the leader of this church, probably while he's spending some time in 
um, in Ephesus, and this leader named Epaphras tells Paul about the church that's begun in this town that he's from, and he asks Paul to write him a letter to encourage him and to give him some theological training. And so Colossians, it's this great letter that we still read today. It's full of teachings on Christ's supremacy, that Jesus is God. And I remember for me, Colossians was the letter when, like, the first time when I was in high school, really reading the Bible on my own and just having my mind, like, blown of understanding, like, who Jesus really is. And so it's this amazing letter full of great practical teaching, some great theological teaching. But this morning, I want to skip all of that and just look at the very end of this letter. I want to see what Paul says to this small church in Colossae. So go with me. We're going to go all the way to the closing words of Colossians, chapter 4, starting in verse 7. And we read this. Tychicus will send you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that has happened here. Verse 10, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instruction about him. If he comes, welcome him. Jesus, who is also called Eustace, also sends greeting. There are, they are my only Jews among my coworkers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropolis. Verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it's also read to the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write these greetings in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Now, if we're honest, how many of us, when we get to that chunk of Colossians, we speed right through it or just skip it altogether, right? Because this is just a bunch of names that we really don't know. We don't even know how to pronounce. Like they're not quite as bad as Old Testament genealogies, but it's not that much better. And so at, sometimes we get to the end of these letters where it's Paul kind of just doing some housekeeping or just getting some shout outs in there. And we just kind of skip over them and think at times, who cares? Now, sure, there's a couple names maybe in that list if you've been around church that you recognize, right? Barnabas is in there. You're like, okay, that's not a very common name. I remember Barnabas. He's, he's the encourager. He traveled all over with Paul and spread the gospel. Like, he's a really important guy. We have Luke, the doctor. Uh, he literally wrote two of the books of the New Testament, so he's a pretty important guy. But anybody know about Aristarchus or Tychicus or Onesimus? In fact, there's a couple names that appear at the end of this letter that don't appear anywhere else in the entire Bible. And so I want to look a little at these names this morning and remind us of this fact, that God sees and honors the one-verse heroes, as I'm going to call them. And let me kind of unpack what I mean by that, all right? I won't bore you by going through every single name in here, but let me just look at a few of them with you. Because, see, Paul's writing this letter to encourage this new church that he hasn't even had a chance to meet yet. 
And so he ends his letter with giving the church kind of some shout-outs from some famous people. All right, and we love to have famous people shout us out. That's why Cameo makes over $100 million, right? Even if we have to pay them, we just love to hear famous people talk to us. And so that's always been in our nature, and that's kind of what Paul is doing here. He's ending this letter with some Christian famous shout-outs. Like, when you read this letter, Paul writes, Luke is sending his greetings. Like, if you're a Colossian, you read that and you're like, oh, this is the Luke. Like, how cool Luke is greeting us. This is the guy who we've been knowing has been traveling with Paul all over the world. In fact, the only reason we have all of the things that Paul does in Acts is because Luke is following with him and writing it all down. Luke brought so much credibility to this early Christian movement because of his cataloging of all the events and the teachings of Jesus and these early disciples. And so these people, they've heard of this guy named Luke who's literally been traveling the world spreading this message. And here we have this same Luke is like, hey, greetings to you guys. Like, they, he knows we exist. He's cheering us on. How cool. And it's not just that. The Colossians also get a shout out from John Mark, cousin of Barnabas. No doubt Mark is a name they would have known, all right? Many of them would have known about Mark traveling with uh, Paul and Barnabas and spreading the gospel in the big town of Antioch. A lot of them might even have been at Antioch in the temple hearing Mark himself preach the gospel early on in their ministry. And so you hear you have two greetings from some big-name early Christian leaders, right? I mean, two authors of books of our New Testament. These are important guys in history, and I think Paul could have ended the letter just right there, and you would have been so encouraged. The Colossians would have been like, oh, man, Luke, Mark, like, they know we exist. They're cheering us on. They're sending us good vibes. Like, it would have been really encouraging to this little church that Luke and Mark were talking about them. But Paul doesn't stop there. He also acknowledges some more people at the end of this letter and people that don't have any major story at all attributed to them in the Bible, our guy Tychicus, he gets a shout out, okay? Only other time we see Tychicus in the Bible, he's doing the same thing. He's actually delivering letters from Paul to the churches. Like, thank goodness that we have a guy like Tychicus who's willing to make these journeys because we actually get this letter because he was willing to go take it from Paul and travel all the way to these churches to go deliver it. Like, yeah, Paul's a great Bible name, but maybe let's honor Tychicus a little more, right? Let's get some kids named Tychicus out there in his honor, Okay, maybe it won't catch on, but in all seriousness, like we owe the fact that we have this ability to study this letter to the work of Tychicus. How awesome that he was doing what God called him to do. We also have Aristarchus, he's mentioned. The only other two times Aristarchus is mentioned anywhere through the Bible, one, he's getting dragged into a temple to be killed for preaching the gospel with Paul, and the second time, he's listed as being on the ship that gets wrecked with Paul when they're on their way to prison again. And even here, he's in prison with Paul. Paul literally writes, hey, my cellmate uh, Artichicus says, what's up? And so like poor Artichicus, he goes through pretty much all the same trials Paul does, and yet we never talk about him. He's kind of lost to human history despite the work that he did alongside Paul. Then we have a greeting from a guy named Jesus who goes by Eustace, which is a really good idea because if you're an evangelist and your name is Jesus, it's probably really confusing. And so I'd go by Eustace too. But this is the only mention Eustace gets in the whole Bible, despite being someone who clearly was a companion of Paul throughout his missionary work. 
So why am I spending time reading a list of names at the end of a letter from Paul? There's nothing special about these verses, right? They're kind of just the logistics that Paul is acknowledging of how this letter got here. But yet I actually think there's more to it than that. See, I see these names, and it reminds me that these people may be lost to history. They might not be people that we're talking about, but yet they're not lost to God. Like, how cool for these guys that their names are in the Bible, that they're recorded forever for their faithfulness to the church. No, they don't have any major stories attributed to them, but the sentence that they have about their life describes their faithfulness to what God called them to do and that they were servants of God. And maybe it's me reading too much into these verses, but maybe it's not. See, I think these verses remind me that God sees and honors and is proud of us even when no one else knows what we're doing. There's a couple other really cool names in here, some specific people in this little church of Colossae. Epaphras, again, gets some recognition And he's probably the one who told Paul about this church. He meets him and says, hey, I'm a part of this church in this little town of Colossae. And we don't get any great story about Epaphras, but do you know what his one verse description of his life is? Colossians 4.12, about Epaphras, Paul writes this, he's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Like, how cool. Epaphras was constantly in prayer for his church community. And I'm sure there were many times where Epaphras thought, does anybody even care? Does anybody even see? Does anybody even know how much time I put into praying for my church, for the people that I'm engaged with, right? I'm sure there's many lonely nights where nobody saw where Epaphras is just spending time praying for others. And at the same time, God saw it. God knew it. God honors that about Epaphras. That's his only description, and that's recorded in God's word forever, right? Epaphras is a man of prayer. What a cool description given by God. And I know there are many of you who are amazing prayer warriors for our church. And there are many times where you have spent hours praying for our church, praying for the people, praying for new people to come be a part of our church, and you feel like, does anyone even know? Does anybody even care? Does anybody have any idea the amount of time I put into praying for others? God says, see that name Epaphras? I saw his faithfulness. Let that be an encouragement that I see your faithfulness, that I see the time you put in, that I see the effort you're putting into it. God saw Epaphras and God sees you and he honors you. Last name I'll give you today. Paul gives a quick shout out to a guy named Archippus. And we know nothing about Archippus except for that he was involved in this church and he needed a little bit of encouragement. Epaphras probably told Paul, he said, hey, I've got this guy in my church called Archippus, and he's just really needing some encouragement to do what God is saying for him to do. And so what I love is we don't know, I don't know if Archippus was an elder, I don't know if he was maybe a host home, he could have been working in the ancient coffee shop or in their kids' ministry, okay? I don't know what he did, and that's the beauty of it, is because of that, it can speak to all of us. Archippus was just this man in the church who needed some encouragement Felt like no one knew what he was doing, felt like he wasn't equipped, felt like he couldn't do it, and yet God sees him and God honors him. And Paul just writes, encourage Archippus to complete the ministry that he has received in the Lord. And maybe you're feeling that same need for encouragement. You've been putting in time, you feel like, does anyone see the effort, the money, the time I put into this thing called the church? Be encouraged. God sees Archippus, he sees you, 
And the same encouragement he has for him is what he has for us. And God honors Archippus with his name as a part of scripture forever, and I think it's there to encourage us as well. And so why do I take time to walk through this list of names in the New Testament? Because really I want to encourage you this morning. Because sometimes it feels like the time, the effort, the energy you put into this thing called the church, it goes unnoticed, it goes unseen. And sure, there's some weeks where God gets to use you in an awesome way and it fills your cup and you're like, okay, that's why I do it. But there's also many other weeks where it was draining. You felt like no one saw it, no one cared, no one mentioned it. And if you're honest, you've even gotten to the point where you ask that question, does what I do even make a difference? I'm not Paul, I'm not Luke. Look what God uses those people to do. And yes, God does use some people in some really huge reaching ways. There are Matthew, Marks, Luke's, John's, Peter's out there that whether you grew up in church or not, you know those names are associated with doing something for God. We have great names in history like Samuel and Moses and Samson that get passed down throughout generations of what God did in their life. But then what I also love, you know what's also in here? Is what I'm calling the one-verse heroes. People who are lost to history. We don't know what they did, and even if we do know what they did, like Tychicus, like only people who know Bible trivia even remember what he did. And yet what I love is their names are also in here. See, we may not pay attention to them in human history. We may not be doing a Sunday school Bible class about them, but yet God saw everything that they do, and he honors them, that their names are in this same book with some of the quote-unquote famous Christians of history. And that's what I love about it, how cool for Tychicus that his name is in God's word with a verse about his faithfulness. And I think that first reminds me that God sees and he honors our faithfulness. And specifically in the context of the church, right, the fact that we even have this letter of Colossians is incredible. And we can have all the talks about canonicity and how we have the Bible that we have today, but in God's divine inspiration and his power and his divine um, authority, he chooses the book. One of the things included in this thing that we have called the Bible is a letter written to this tiny, insignificant town in the middle of nowhere called Colossae. Theologian J.B. Lightfoot wrote this about the book of Colossians. He says, Colossians is without a doubt the least important church to which any epistle of Paul is addressed. Okay, by human standards, of course, we mean that this church had zero significance. It was a tiny little church in a tiny little town that the only thing we know about it is that it got destroyed by an earthquake. And yet again, I think here is God seeing and honoring these people in this podunk little church, all right, in ancient times, and even more specifically, some specific names of people in this church. And I think that's the great encouragement for me in life. In those times when I feel like no one cares, no one sees, no one honors what I'm doing, that God always sees and that God honors and isn't proud of what I'm doing. God saw this church community in Colossae when in all reality they should have been completely lost to human history. And yet here we are today talking about them. Here we are even just reading a couple names of specific people that were a part of that church. Like that's crazy. And it's the encouragement that God honors those who faithfully serve in his community. History books probably aren't gonna name, know the name Jesse Katoko okay, who's been serving this past year as a small group leader for seventh grade boys here at our church. Jesse, when there are weeks where you think, does 
does it even matter? I'm sitting here talk, listening to these boys talk about Fortnite because I want them to feel like they can trust me and ask me more spiritual questions. Know that God sees your faithfulness and he's so proud of you. He says, see that name Tychicus? I saw his faithfulness, I see yours. History books probably aren't gonna know the name Josh Powell who serves in the video room behind the scenes to even help us have church in a room this size. Josh, when there's weeks where you feel like literally no one knows I even exist back there, know that God sees you and God is so proud of what you're doing. He says, look at that name Onesimus. I see his faithfulness and I see yours. Same with Matt and Kylene Krupp who lead groups for our recovery ministry on Thursdays. When you have weeks where you feel like, does anybody know what I have to walk people through and what we're trying to help people get out of in their lives? Know that God sees your faithfulness and he's so proud of you. He says, see that name, Aristarchus? I saw his faithfulness, I see yours. Lori Jones, who packs all the curriculum for Kid City Junior, when you have those weeks and those moments where you're sitting back in a closet in a Kid City room and you're like, does anybody even care that I'm packing little baggies full of supplies? God sees your faithfulness. God is so proud of you. And he says, look at this name, Nympha. I know what Nympha was doing and I see what you're doing and I'm so proud of you. Karen Manley, who coordinates and supports people from our Welcome Center, where there are times, again, where you feel like, does anybody even care that I'm trying to get people plugged in? Do they even know the work that I do to try and get people connected? God sees your faithfulness. God is so proud of you. And he says, hey, see this name, Dima? I know what he did, and I see what you did. Stephen Grant, who gets up here early to be on our hospitality team, to just welcome people, to try to brighten their day as they come in. There's mornings I know you feel like, does anybody care that I'm standing at the door trying to smile and brighten their day? God cares. God sees you. God is so proud of you. He says, hey, see that name, Archippus? I saw his faithfulness, and I see yours. And I could spend an hour just listing people in our church, but here's what I want to encourage you with. Look at these names here in Colossians. Let these names be the encouragement to you that God sees you in your faithfulness. Colossians ends with a list of one-verse heroes that I think are a great encouragement to me. No, I'm not going to be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest Christians throughout history. I'm going to be a one-verse hero. Those who know me, those who get to interact with me, know what I do, know my faithfulness, know the impact I get to have on their life. But here's the reality. History is going to move on without me but I know that there are rewards in heaven from God for the things that I do with my time that I have here. I live to hear those words from Jesus in his parable in Matthew chapter 25. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. See, I think these one verse heroes, these people that get listed at the name of Colossians, we don't know many of them, what they were even doing with their life, but I believe they get to hear those words from Jesus when they are done. That they get to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. There's people whose names get to be a part of God's word forever just because they were faithful to the lives that God called them to and they were obedient. And I really think that's how God works through most of us, right? The most spiritually influential person in your life probably isn't even known by the person who's sitting in the row in front of you. I know that's for me. One of the most sp spiritually influential people I can remember throughout my life was my middle school campus police officer. Okay, talk about a job where you feel like, does anybody even care or know what I'm doing? 
but Officer Tackett, or OT as we used to call him, invested in me both spiritually and just as a leader in a really key time in my life. And he's someone that no one in this room is ever going to know. No one in Kentucky is ever going to know. No one outside of this town of Papillion, Nebraska is going to know who Officer Tackett is. But I would not be the person I am today if he hadn't been faithful to just serve in the place that God had him and, and reach into me when he felt like God has something more for me at that season of life. And so I know, like, being a campus uh, police officer from public middle school, like, he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. But his story is going to be a lot more like Archippus. Those who knew him got to experience what God was doing through his life, and he's amazing, and I know God still sees him, still serving and investing in middle schoolers, and he honors that in his life. And so I see names like this in the Bible, people who I have no idea who they are or what they did, but their names are here to remind me that God sees and honors their faithfulness. And that's the encouragement I just want to give to you this morning. God sees and honors the one-verse heroes. Because I think there's two ways you could look at a chunk of names like this in Scripture. You could get to this point, like I think many of us do, and you could think, okay, who cares? These verses, there's no instruction. There's nothing for me to meditate on. This isn't a Bible verse I'm going to memorize. Like, cool that their names are there, but who cares? Or you could see those names... And you could think how cool that these people get to have their names honored and included in a book of, quote, famous Christian people in history. And to me, that's the encouragement and the meaningfulness behind these verses. That God sees and honors our faithfulness. And that's true about how we live our lives in general, but I think even more specifically, how we use our lives in the context of the church. So let me just end with three thoughts for you, okay, in the context of the local church as we look at these one-verse heroes. Number one is this, let's honor each other in the church. Honor each other in the church. Paul ends his letter to 1 Thessalonians this way. He says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. See, my goal this morning is encouragement. And so help me out with that. Help me out with encouraging people this morning. Before you leave this morning, encourage someone who served you or helped make your morning possible. If you have kids, when you go kick, pick them up in Kid City, like thank the person who was in the room spending time with them so that you could be in here. On your way out, thank the person who made your coffee. Thank the person who welcomed you at the door. Thank the tech booth that we literally walked past and don't even know that they exist back there all the time. And no, no one's serving so that they can be recognized, but... You know how good it feels when you do something because you care about people and they recognize it and they honor you for it. And so this morning, help me honor and recognize people in the church. Acknowledge that they gave of their time to love others and be obedient to what God called them to do. Right? Don't just thank them. Don't thank them like they valeted your car or they brought you your food. Like Honor them that they are giving up of their time and their talent to invest in this thing called the church. So help me this morning. Don't leave today without honoring at least one person on your way out. Let's honor each other in the church. That's what Paul is doing in this letter. That's why he takes time. He could have skipped all these names and who cares, but he actually takes time to honor people who are serving the global church and even this specific church of Colossae that he's writing to. So let's honor each other in the church. Second thought for you is this. Be faithful with your gifts. 
For this morning, I want to challenge you with the question, how are you being faithful with the gifts specifically in the context of the church? Yes, we get to use our gifts and talents to be a witness to the world, but God gives us gifts to be used to support and engage with this thing called the church. The church is not a program, it's a community. You're supposed to give and get when you come and you're a part of this thing. And so how are you using what God has given you to be a part of this community? Be faithful. Peter writes this in his letter to the churches in 1 Peter 4.10. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's what the names in Colossians are being recognized for, how they're being faithful to serve the church community. So be faithful with the gifts that God has given you. Be a part of this community this summer. Join a team, get involved. You're sitting there and you feel that tug. You're like, okay, I know I should get involved. I should get plugged in. Yes, you feel that tug because that's how God designed this thing. That's why he gave you gifts is because he wants you to be able to use it to build up this thing called the church, to love on each other, to support each other. Be like Nympha, Archippus, Epaphras, and be faithful with your gifts and get involved in your church. Last thought for you, okay, in the context of the church, number three, be encouraged that God sees your faithfulness. That's my goal. That's what I hope you walk away with today, that when you feel like no one sees or appreciates the time and energy you put into this thing called the church, God sees your faithfulness. And even right now, he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Look at these one-verse heroes and let them be an encouragement to you. And I use this phrase, one-verse hero, okay? I'm not, this is not about their potential. This is not about leadership ability, okay? I'm not saying Demas was only, like, worthy of just having one verse. That's not what I'm saying. This isn't about leadership. This isn't about potential. This is about when you are feeling like nobody sees, nobody knows, nobody cares about the time, the sacrifice, the effort that you put into serving God, let these verses be a reminder that God saw these people. Their names are here to remind you he knows exactly what they were doing and he knows exactly what you are doing. My goal for you this morning is that you're, if you are serving God with your gifts in the way that you know he has called you to do, that he sees it and he's so proud of you. I see the names at the end of Colossians and my mind even just begins to replace them with other names. I see these names and I start to think of Officer Tackett, Mitch, Brian, Lindsay, Ward, Sanjay, people that no one in this room knows who they are and what they're doing, but people that have invested in my life that I know are still serving in the places that God has them and they're being faithful to do what God has called them to do and I know he continues to honor them even though none of us know who they are. And that same is true of you. So the next time you read Colossians or you read any book of the Bible and you get to this list of names that you don't know who they are or what they've done, let them be an encouragement to you that God saw them, God is so proud of them and God sees you and is so proud of what you're doing for his kingdom. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the truth of your word this morning. Thank you for these one verse heroes in this letter to this insignificant church in a lost to history town of Colossae. Yet in heaven, we're gonna to get to see Archippus and Tychicus and Epaphras and hear the stories of their faithfulness. So God, I pray today that you would just use these names to encourage our hearts of the truth that you see and you honor our faithfulness. And in moments when we feel unappreciated, unseen, that you would bring back to mind a name from this list and it would just encourage us that you see us. 
Ultimately, we don't serve for recognition or honor, but we know that our obedience to you is what makes you proud. So God, let us live in a way that when we are, our time is done here, we get to hear those sweet words, well done, good and faithful servant, come join in your master's happiness. Lord, we love you. We probably sing in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.